like you used to do How come you treat me like a worn out shoe My hair's still curly and my eyes are still blue Why don't you love me like you used to do Hello everybody and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast The podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners For your reconsideration I am your host and DJ Spinning all the Hank Williams hits tonight Stephen Buja And joining me once again as always Amy Thomason. Amy, how are you doing this fine evening? I am ready to travel back to Thalia, Texas in 1950. Yeah, Anna Reed, we love you. Tonight's movie, today's movie, is for your reconsideration, the 1971 Best Picture nominee, The Last Picture Show. Directed by Peter Bogdanovich, written by Bogdanovich and Larry McMurtry, based off of Larry McMurtry's novel, starring Timothy Bottoms, very young Jeff Bridges, young Sybil Shepard, Ben Johnson, uh, still absolutely gorgeous, Ellen Burstyn, Randy Quaid, Cloris Leachman, uh, among many others. Uh, one of the new Hollywood films that gets talked about a lot. I will. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna come come around and say it. I have seen snippets of this film across the years. I think this may have been the first time I've seen it end-to-end, and I do apologize to you, Amy, because I can see you rolling your eyes right now going, (laughs) oh my god, it's another one of those movies. Why does this guy have a podcast? I should be running the show, and I get that. You will have to fight me for it one day, Islander style, but... Just I just yeah, I apologize. You surf your throne. I, I, I do. What is, uh I know this is this uh this has a place for you. What is your history with it? Um I this movie is, is one of my like important films. It's okay. definitely in the top half of the Amy Thomas and Top One Hundred. I own it on DVD. I watch it at least once a year. I love the soundtrack. I've read the I've read the book several times. Oh and okay. It really is one of the best adaptations of a book I've ever read. Okay, and that was my I next really, question. Cool. And and saying that, it still read the book though, because the book obviously is in all cases it provides more information. You find out about Billy, like his origins, how he lives with Sam the Lion. You find out more about um, how Dwayne and Sonny like live in a boarding house and don't really have anything to do with their parents. Okay. Stuff, it, it, just little kinds of questions that when you've seen the movie as much as I have, you would have. And then the we, scene uh, where they... I, I, the, actually, I'm curious. Do we find out what happens in Mexico? I was, I was always very, like, Sunny, like oh, man. Sonny sleeps with a pregnant prostitute. Oh, hey. And, yeah, and Dwayne obviously catches some kind of <laughs> STD. And, you know, just um, wacky childhood hijinks from the 1950s. Yeah, and and the only thing that I that really is a change is that Sonny sleeps with Lois Barrow at the end of the book. That's, they have a um, very quick. Stacy's mom. Yes. Ellen Burson. After she picks him up and takes him, you know, after uh, the uh, elopement. Mm. Spoiler that's a hell, alert! That's a hell of a wedding night. Oh man, that's. I'm kidding. But getting Ellen Burstyn, who in that movie is stunning, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful woman. Yes. Ellen, definitely. we love you. Give us a call. Call the show. We do. We do. It is. I am. I'm such a fangirl. Yeah, but, but it uh, is. It's. It's amazing. It's one of the best adaptations I've ever read. Oh, that's great. And uh, it's part of a trilogy of books by McMurtry. I think it's called it the Talia Thalia 
I want to say Talia because that's my daughter's name, but it's probably, Talia. I think there's an H in there. So it's Thalia, Thalia Texas. Uh, I believe there's Texasville and there's one. Dwayne's more? Depressed. Dwayne's Depressed. You know, that, that sounds like a, just a laugh riot. I want to read that. The first line, but the first line in the novel, The Last Picture Show, is there something, paraphrasing here, something along the lines of there were many times when Sonny felt like he was the only person in town well it starts off with that feeling of isolation which bogdanovich a thousand percent captures in the movie yeah i mean but we'll get to that later yeah, when uh it does i i turn it on i'm like am i watching the right movie what is is mad max gonna come by and there's <laughs> we're gonna do a big fight or something like that but we will uh talk about all of that and more right after this break where we discuss the academy awards having an amazing life and it isn't over yet <laughs> remember when Ben Johnson said in the last picture show I fought all my life against whatever he said and I feel I have fought all my life against cliches and look at me I'm a hopeless cliche <clears throat> I can't uh, thank anybody. I feel that we all have, are part of each other, that we've all contributed and we work together and we're all the same people. And uh, I love you all for, for all the experiences I've had, except that I want to say to Cornelia Williams Hurlbut, my first piano teacher, and Rose Lorenz, <laughs> my dancing teacher in Des Moines, and, and uh, my father, Buck Leachman, who paid the bills. <laughs> Wait a and finally, my mother, whose imagination and, and funny sense of humor and almost Walter, Walter Mitty uh, uh, life herself led to all of this. And I am deeply honored. Thank you. The Last Picture Show was nominated for Best Picture at the 44th Annual Academy Awards uh, that took place on April 10th, 1972. It was ultimately nominated for eight awards that year, uh, some of the most. Uh, and should have been nominated for more. Probably, sh definitely should have been nominated for more, and we'll talk about that. But what were the two that it won, and what were the six others that it was nominated for? It won... Best Supporting Actress for Miss Cloris Leachman. Yes. Who, uh, Cloris Leachman, I do apologize. I always think you're one of the Golden Girls. I, I'm sorry. I just, I can never remember all the Golden Girls' names. And I know you're yelling at me right now because you're always so angry at me. The more about that Academy Awards history is Golden Girls. <laughs> I, know, so. I am more of an expert on the Golden Girls than 
just about anything else in my oh, life. Okay, How, so which, by the way, what does that say about me? <laughs> you like you like shiny. You like you like golden objects because you have the golden statue and the golden girls. I don't know. I'm not sure. So I apologize, Cloris Leachman. Uh, you were on. The, she was what? Facts, facts of life. life. She was After facts Charlotte of life. Ray left. Which you just know off the top of your head, of course. Hello. Whatever. I was watching cartoons. We had different childhoods. Different childhoods in the '80s and '90s. Just completely. Okay. Whatever. All right. Cloris Leachman, best supporting actress. Best supporting actor. For the great Ben Johnson. Great Ben Johnson, who did not even want the part. Uh, no. Originally. Too much, too much talking. And any man who can refer to John Ford as, quote, unquote, the old man, because they just work together so much. Oh, yeah. so great. There's a, uh, there's a great, um, we posted this on the Facebook earlier, though, but there's a great interview with the director Peter Bogdanovich and how he got Ben Johnson to come in and it's uh, hilarious and funny because Johnson just does not want to be in this movie because there's all the, there's that big scene where he talks and then Bogdanovich calls up John Ford and it's John hilarity Ford calls him up and first of all how much would you love to be able to be like oh let me just call John Ford like oh one of the greatest directors right. ever influential you know I would be so I'd be so bad in that conversation I'd be like so what was insert film like? And he just gets so annoyed at me. Hey, like, John, <laughs> hey John Ford, remember when you directed that movie? That was yeah. really awesome. I would, base, I would basically be uh, I'd basically be Chris Farley talking to Paul Simon. Uh, not, not Paul Simon. Um, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. He's like, you remember? What does that mean? And like, oh, it would yes. just be, be hilarious. But yes, Ben Johnson uh, picked up the, the Best Supporting Actor win. But there were a couple other things that was nominated there were. for. Yes. Best Supporting Actor for Jeff Bridges. Yep, obviously lost to Ben Johnson. Best Supporting Actress for Ellen Burstyn. Which, okay, sure. That's, I get, I get honestly, it. We'll talk about this later. That's a coin flip for me. However, they were also up against Anne-Margaret for Carnal Knowledge, and that performance like knocked me on my ass when I watched it. So that is a tough, tough, tough category i don't know who i would have voted for to be honest with you because they all have moments i know you've never seen carnal knowledge but if you did you would feel like i did where it's like how do you choose between these roles because they're all so amazing and i love Anne margaret i'm kind of an Anne margaret fangirl best director peter bogdanovich obviously Uh best adapted screenplay which on what planet did this not win Best Adapted Screenplay uh, for Peter Bogdanovich and Larry McMurtry? Mm-hmm. And Best Cinematography, which it did not win? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know I see, Amy's upset, and I understand, audience, you're hearing this and going, this movie didn't win that, but let me, let me just fill you in on what did win that year. Uh, a banner year all around, for the most part for the nominees. Uh, we previously talked about the Best Picture winner of that year, The French Connection, with previous uh, previous co-host. Uh, I believe that was... Was that Alex? Or is that... I don't know. I have so many co-hosts. It's hard to keep track. We well, talked about that. Okay. And we'll, we'll discuss this at the end when we, when we wrap up. Very good movie. But, uh, for instance... A lesser film, in my opinion. But, for instance, Best Cinematography, what did that lose to? Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, that's another one on the Amy <laughs> Yeah, yeah. like, like that's, a, that's a gorgeous-looking movie. It's a gorgeous-looking, gorgeous-looking. Like, 
Also nominated that year, Clockwork Orange. Talk about that. We'll definitely talk about Fiddler. We're talking about Last Picture Show now. Nicholas and Alexandra, I hear, is actually very good. I just don't. Whatever. That's but, the only one I haven't seen. I haven't seen it either. But, you know, it's, it's a solid year. And uh, also... Very good year. Yeah. Also, you know what? Oh, we also talked about the Best Foreign Language winner that year, Investigation of a Citizen Above Suspicion. Do check out that episode. Check out that movie. It's really good and really weird. And you owe it to yourself to, uh, to watch that. But guess what, Amy? Our boy picked up his second of three Oscars, Patty Chayefsky, won for The Hospital, a movie no one's, ever heard, no one's ever heard of or seen, and yet somehow still manages to win. I think I like, never heard of that. Not once. And yet, George C. Scott was in it. Also, not, you know, an Academy Award nominated, nominated role. He won the previous year for Patton. It's, uh, it's like the 70s, were, the 70s were where it was at. So, hey, good year. Uh, about, uh, it was a good, it was a good year. It was a good year. Anything, anything else to add? You want to complain nope, about I'm more things? everything for later. I'm just gonna, just gonna bitch about William Freakin. It's okay if you want I'm to. I'm not. Okay. But, I'm not, I saw it, I see, I've seen it. You have to love Gene Hackman because he's Gene Hackman. But, I watched it, I I was impressed. Yes, it was sort of kicked off the whole, you know, the action sequences were good. The Last Picture Show and Fiddler on the Roof are movies that have had a profound effect on my, like, my mind, my psyche. I watched The French Connection. I was like, wow, great movie. That was it. Mm -hmm. Put it away. All right. The Last Picture Show, like, haunts me. And I think about the characters and like, I want to write like essays and blogs about the characters and the plot and same thing with uh, Fiddler on the Roof. I mean, I have given people like my mother, like lectures on why it's a perfect musical and the story and why it's so enduring and why it's such a classic. And when things are classic, mainly because of the action in them. Amy Thompson, not about that. Yeah. Not about that. Not about that at all. Okay, well, we'll look forward to discussing that more in depth after this break when we talk about, finally, The Last Picture Show. Amy, I know you've been waiting so long for this one. My whole life. All right. See you on the other side. wouldn't believe how this country's changed. First time I seen it, there wasn't a mesquite tree on it. Or a prickly pear, neither. I used to own this land, you know. First time I watered a horse at this tank was more than 40 years ago. I reckon the reason why I always drag you out here is probably I'm just as sentimental as the next fella when it comes to old times. Old times. I brought a young lady swimming out here once, more than 20 years ago. after my wife had lost her mind my boys was dead me and this young lady was pretty wild I guess and pretty deep we used to come out here horseback and go swimming without no bathing suits <laughs> one day she wanted to swim the horses across this tank Kind of a crazy thing to do, but we'd done it anyway. She bet me a silver dollar she could beat me across. 
She did. This old horse I was riding didn't want to take the water. But she was always looking for something to do like that. Something wild. I bet she still got that silver dollar. Whatever happened to her? Oh, she growed up. She was just a girl then, really. Here, let me help you then. Why didn't you ever marry her after your wife died? She was already married. Her and her husband was young and miserable with one another, like so many young married folks are. I thought they'd change with some age, but it didn't turn out that way. Being married always so miserable? No, not really. About 80% of the time, I guess. We ought to go to a real fishing tank next year. I don't need to think about things like that too much. If she was here, I'd probably be just as crazy now as I was then in about five minutes. Isn't that ridiculous? No, it ain't really. Because being crazy about a woman like her is always the right thing to do. <laughs> being a decrepit old bag of bones, that's what's ridiculous. Getting old. Amy, remind folks listening at home what the plot of the last picture show is. A year in the life of a small, dying, socially and economically dying town in Texas. In the 1950s, it's 1951 to 1952, yes. July to October, something, yeah. something like that. Uh, football season to football season. Yes, there you go. Which... Um, I've come from. All right, I live in. I live in New York City. I've been living here for thirteen years now, so I kind of, I'm kind of considered a city, uh, a, a city slicker. Uh, definitely. The same amount point. of time I've been living in South Carolina. All right. right. Um, you you live. Uh, you have talked often about the uh, community you live in. Certainly, the community you teach in. Yes, two uh, distinct. There's big differences. Oh, big difference. Okay. <laughs> So it's okay. So, so one the one you teach in, which is irrelevant because we're dealing with with the kids in this movie. How yes. does this film capture the uh, the essence of like the day to day American life? I know it's I know this was from you know the movie takes place in the fifties, but is have things changed? Are, are there still some Not similarities? Okay. Not at all. And I think that's why this is such an enduring classic. And I teach in a very small very rural like you drive down the street of the school and there's dirt roads i have multiple students that live off dirt roads okay and there's cotton fields and football is like the entire life of the town mm -hmm. okay so and people and poverty things like that right it's your husband had a comment uh, when you were when you were talking about how uh, the town the town he used to teach in was I, think I was... teach at the middle school okay. he used to teach up at the high school right. so he had my students when they grew up oh okay okay how would how did how did how did he view things how did he view the you know that town and um, in Anarine from the movie he said the town isn't 
dying. It's a, it's a town exactly like Anarene, except this town's still going to be here in 50 years. Okay, and Anarene probably is not. I don't I don't know what people do. Like, I feel like there's is it just oil. They mentioned some things about working oil. Oil, and that's it. Oil, and that's it. Jesus, and working in pool pool hall bars that are... The one pool hall? The, and... I think there was the one... I mean, sorry, there were two things to do in the town. There was the pool hall, and there was the picture show. And the cafe. Oh, and the cafe. And that's a place to go to eat, where you get... I think all they served was Daisy. Daisy? All she served was burgers. Genevieve. Genevieve. Ugh. Actually, there's, in the book, there's another one, because there's the place where Jimmy Sue works. Oh, big okay. mom. It's where the kids go after school before when she's uh, JC's feeding Dwayne French fries gotcha. in her car and her mother comes along. Okay, yes, I remember. But ultimately, the film begins with this just shot of this empty street strewn with, you know, dust and wind. And I had to, I had just paused. I'm like, I just want to make sure. I'm watching the right movie. And it was, and it, and it was. But it had, like, this is, it's the kind of opening shot you see in a zombie, some, like, something bad has or happened. Or a western. Or a you western. See, like, tumbleweeds. Right. And, like, and like, oh, like, oh, like, all the townsfolk are hiding because there's going to be a fight, but there's no fight. Whatever, it's, uh, the fight is, the fight is gone. This is, we're, 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 somebody's been shot and this town is just sort of, like limping to its end and what this Apathy. film catch what the film captures is bleakness in a way that even like Mad Max can't because there's a sense of isolation and hopelessness that few films try to replicate because it'd be oh. too much. Well, the thing is, is it's real. And that's one of the things that I have a hard time connecting to movies like Mad Max Fury Road, for example, because those movies, while it's supposed to be a bleak wasteland, is so highly stylized and they've got these crazy costumes and yeah. they've got these awesome masks and they've got these crazy cars that even though there's no gas, they're just driving all over the place. Yeah, and they they've got the place. guitar with the flamethrower like it's all it's still glamorous this movie there is zero glamour it's there's no glamour unless, unless you unless you count alan burson and sybil shepherd who are beautiful well in their on the outside they're beautiful on the but outside. even them they're these empty unhappy people yeah, you don't want to be either one of them oh god no oh please and, don't but want to be I think that that's, but that's why movies like this, on a personal level, really affect me more than like Mad Max Fury Road, hmm. because there's sex, but there's no real love. No, there's, yeah, you know, it's it's so unromanticized. Yes, that, that actually that actually kind of brings which me. Which is what makes it depressing, which is also why it's the most brilliant movie that was made that year. Yeah, it actually reminds me of uh, just. Like get into uh, into JC's character, Sybil uh, Shepherd, young Sybil oh. Shepherd, uh, beautiful, beautiful actress, talent, very so talented. So perfectly cast. It's so, like yeah. so, so yeah. perfectly cast. And I want, and I, I do. I'm just so annoyed at her. Like I want you. I want to hate her, 
then I realized that, you know what she's doing? She's just fucking bored. All of these kids, they need something to do. And JC uses God's gifts to, I think, just to entertain herself because like there's nothing there's nothing here for her except a bunch of horny dudes and none of them and they're not that great but the thing about Sybil Shepherd that she captured that I appreciated when I was in college as a teacher I appreciate a thousand times more is the scene where she's talking to her mother and her mother is essentially like you need to sleep with Dwayne you'll realize there's nothing special about him I'll take care of things so you don't get pregnant and she's just like what is she at one point kind of tips her head to the side and she just gives her mother this like blank expression Mm -hmm. and her mother goes like your face just like that like you don't need any makeup or anything but that look completely captures youth absolutely and uh, i'm bored i don't really want to listen to you i'm not really listening to you but that facial expression was one of the best acted scenes in the entire movie. And I feel like she really does not get enough credit for this movie at all. People just talk about her being in it. People very rarely talk about how effective she is. She she is great. She's so great. I I, I looked, I'm like, Like, of course she was nominated. No, she wasn't nominated. And Ellen Ellen Burstyn is great. Ellen Burstyn is, you know... uh, Perfect as her mother. Perfect. And she's clearly... Ellen Burstyn used to be JC. Like you can just see, it's like one, two. It's like there's no, there's no doubt about it whatsoever. Just with you know a little more and age and wisdom. She's pretty enough. I always get frustrated in movies where they cast a girl who's not really that good looking mm. to play the pretty girl because you're like, these guys are losing their minds over this chick. Right. But Sybil Shepherd, you're like, of course they are. Of course they are losing their minds over her. Yeah, it's, uh, it's mine. She's mine. She's mind losing, but uh, and yet she's still as beautiful and calculating as she is. She still seems like a kid. She still right. seems like because, a child well, who doesn't know what the hell she's doing. Right. Exactly. I mean, she's she's calculating, but she doesn't have. You know, she hasn't learned enough yet to be Ellen Burstyn at this point to be to be her mother. So she's like, they're everyone's they're clumsily. Fumbling, fumbling through around. everything and that's what that's what makes it great these aren't these aren't the learned wise kids you know these are these are this like, is this is what teenagers are they're like they're they're trying to figure shit out you and it's and they they fuck up all the time and they got it and they got it in the 70s and then you look at like you know shows on the cw like dawson's creek and one tree hill where the girls are like openly seducing these guys and they know all the right things to say and how to act and all that stuff and you're like Kids are not like that. Kids are awkward and weird, and I just, I just, I, I just do want, I just do want to correct you. Dawson Creek was on WB before it became CW. Just ah, uh, you've seen all the Golden Girls. I have seen all of Dawson's Dawson's Creek. Of course so you have. Of I course have. You I have. have. It was on you Netflix, saw- and we're just like we're just watching this. So oh, fine. You um, I think you might have watched it when it was on TV. No, I did not watch it. No, I, I was because I was a teenager. You know what? It's Let's talk about the kids. Uh, we have uh, Timothy <laughs> Bottoms, uh, oh. who didn't go on to do much else. But he, uh, how do you, how do you he like him here as Sonny? Oh yeah, he did the Paper Chase, which is a movie I don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have so many problems with that movie, but we will. I don't know if we can get. I don't to know. That. I don't. I don't know if we'll. I don't know if we'll ever get it's to that terror. one. It's really not very good. But anyway, he's good, and it 
Peter Bogdanovich said it perfectly that he has sad eyes. He sure does. He sure does. He's uh, he's he good. Really nailed that, and yet he wasn't like an emo kid. You know what I mean? He didn't walk around sighing and oh, and oh, and I'm so full of angst. Like modern actors would have played it. He played like. This is my life. I'm this kid from this shithole little town in right. Texas. I have, a, and I have sparks of hope here and there. And we, we played our last game of football, and I don't care. Right. It's, it's, there's something so wonderfully timeless about, about Bottoms' character. He, like, he wants to be – he's trying all these different things on. And I do think he generally wants to be a good person. Like He's generally a, a good person, but he just doesn't – know where to go he's as aim he's more aimless than everybody else because at least jc has you know her looks and she can you know play, she can play her her games Dwayne she's has, the only one who's got a future he's the only one got a future Dwayne's Dwayne's like he's you know pumped up on machismo at the very least but you know sonny's okay. sort of sitting back and you know things happen to him and uh timothy bottoms i think also you know this is a uh this is the Jeff Bridges, Ben Johnson show. And you know, I, I get that. Also very underrated in this. Oh, and, and, he and, and should like, have been nominated for Best Actor. Yeah, I don't and, know if and, he would and, have won, and, but... And I will, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking up the, the nominees right now, and I go, yes, Timothy Bottoms should have been nominated for, for Best Actor. But then, here are the people who were nominated for Best Actor that year. Gene Hackman, Peter Finch from, from, you know, from Network, not for Network, Walter Matthau, George C. Scott, Topple, from uh, Fiddler on the Roof, oh. like you're like I like. I would. I understand. Been... I understand why they didn't nominate Timothy Bottoms, but he carries this movie very, very well. And uh, he and he he like Civil Shepherd does not get enough credit for this, but that is a uh, that is that is like that is like the seven the Yankees in the seventies right there. Like ain't nobody stopping that lineup right there. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's impressive, and and he you know he did he's like, he has those sad doughy eyes, but there's this moment towards the end when Billy gets run down by just a bunch of bunch of hicks Billy who are then like by his real life brother. Oh, brutal! Uh, but he gets run down, and then these guys are just talking about how it's the how it's billy's fault like why was he out that there boy never did have no sense yeah and why he, was he sweeping why did he have that broom right and they're it's like they're like oh they're so so callous and cruel the, the kids the kids just sitting there and sunny lets out this howl and he goes and it's like one of my most favorite like i think it's one of my most favorite shots in cinema it's he sunny's carrying like he's like struggling to carry him. billy onto the sidewalk and i it, like it's Sublime, sublime acting. And when he yells right at them, because literally they're talking about, well, he never had no sense. And then all of a sudden they're like, so where do you want to go get some breakfast? It's like there is a dead child at your feet. Yeah. Like what the fuck is and wrong it's so, with you? And it's so representative and of the, like, the town. And they're like, I don't know what he had with the broom. And he's like, he was sweeping, you sons of bitches. Yeah. And, he was sweeping. And you're like, oh, here's my heart. Right, and because because like this town has it's it's sucking it's sucking the life out of it's taking the you soul. know JC has gone Dwayne's gone Sam the lion is gone it takes and takes and now it's taken Billy and you're like he's like he's like ah you can just feel the rage inside of him 
uh, and it, it kicks off it kicks off the ending. And, and so it's and it's, Sam it's Bottoms did such a great job with that part. He didn't over exaggerate the special needs Timothy of the Bottoms, character. Yes. He was just kind of quiet and oh, his little hat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was oh his little hat. You kept like kept putting it like he would, he would take it and flip it around, flip it around because you know that's cooler. That's it's cooler and that, that way. That was such a great. But that's such a great bit. It's such a great little piece of stage business. Yeah. It, it, it infers so much of the relationship without having to spell it out. And also makes you, because Billy doesn't get that much time at all, but, you, you know, to you know, develop as a character. Is, it still makes me ill. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's a harrowing, it's a harrowing death because it's, it's so he's needless. He's sexually assaulted. Oh, yeah. And that, oh, oh that scene. Yes, that's. And then the follow-up scene with Sam the Lion reading him the riot act. Oh, that was but without good. raising his voice. Oh yeah. You don't want like I don't want to I don't want to mess with Ben Johnson. But, but Sam the Lion basically calling you trash and saying, I don't want anything more to do with you, that would destroy me. Yeah, but, but Sam, more than know. him yelling or whatever. Yeah. It's the, the, the even the even handed anger is the worst kind of anger. And what when it's from that. someone that you really respect. Right. And of course, I mean, now we obviously have to talk about Ben Johnson here. Oh. Um, okay, so, right, uh, question to you. Sam the Lion, great character or greatest character? Greatest. All right. <laughs> and I'm, I've got my evidence to back this okay, up. Okay, what's your evidence? Do tell. Okay. So... Like, I'm annoyed that he wasn't in the top 10 of when the AFI did the greatest heroes and it went to Atticus Finch. You've, you've made your the, feelings known about Atticus Finch. It is. And I think it's, I think he did a great job and I think it's great. But again, the problem is, is when I think of To Kill a Mockingbird, I think of the book. I don't think of the movie. I think it's a good adaptation of a great book. Mm. This movie, though, he's, he's the soul of the town and he takes care of everyone all the misfits in the town and this is a town full of misfits he takes care of billy who doesn't have parents and we don't really know a lot about him takes care of him takes care of sunny who mm -hmm. obviously has no relationship with his parents miss mosley who's like her like yeah, she runs the picture like show baddie but she's like this baddie old woman who doesn't know how to run the popcorn machine takes care of her when he dies he leaves a thousand dollars to joe bob blanton that religious kid yeah. who's Absolutely. definitely an but he's an outcast and he's unsavory at the end but from what we know about him he's just this kid that's bullied and gets picked on mm -hmm. yeah and he just takes care of everybody and like one of my favorite lines in the movie is and the way that Sonny says it when he's like nothing's really been right since Sam died yeah True. The way that he says that line is so good because it's true. Yeah, and is. he's always there. And they, they talk about that in the book that his character's just always there, that he opens the pool hall at like six in the morning because he just can't sleep. Wow. Yeah. Sam Sam is the, the heart and soul of the of the town. It's, it's and for and for the kids, like it's I always kind of picture sometimes in my dreams I picture myself as the person who the guy who runs the establishment that all the kids come to, and it's like, you know, I got, the, I can give you the the wisdom that you need to get you through whatever. I always got the right thing to say. Uh, I know that would, that would never probably never be the case because I'm 
lousy. Because you don't like kids that much. Yeah, I don't like. I don't. Like, I don't like teenagers that much. They're the worst. Um, but like uh, Ben, like but but Ben, he's such a American stereotype, and not, and not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. He's more of an archetype. He's like you know Ben Johnson. I think he I believe he's an actual cowboy. Like he. Oh on no! Ranches he, and he actually is. He was discovered because he was in charge of like wrangling the horses, but he like won like awards and stuff. Oh wow! No, he awards? like legit. Like he's from out. He's from oh, Oklahoma. Oh yeah, for like I don't know. I don't I, stuff. But I he don't like legitimately so. like was a rodeo guy who like won like national competitions. Okay, and he and he which, he brings and he brings that presence. which just makes you love him more. He'll oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he's like this humble guy, like, oh, but my mom, I might want to bring my mother to see this movie. Ben Johnson, I could not possibly yeah, love you. Like, I would not take my mother to see this movie. It's weird. It's awkward. But McMurtry wrote another character like this in another short novel called Horseman Pass By, which was made in the 1960s into the movie HUD with Paul Newman. Oh. And the guy who plays Paul Newman's father is melvin douglas and melvin douglas his character is like sam the lion just in a different book yeah we need and that character he, and melvin douglas also won an academy award for playing that old wizened you know what are the values going he makes a lot comment about you can always tell the values of a generation by who they look up to who they hold up as heroes and you're like that's, that's deep, McMurtry. That's deep. It is. And, for the record, and, for the record, folks, she did not consult a thing uh, when she when she just dropped that knowledge bomb on you. I just want to just want to point that out. Just looking at me, waving her hands. I'm like, what is she? Is she searching for stuff right now? Like, I what know, is happening? She's got the internet just wired into her brain. Right. McMurtry captures that really, really well in a way that, and they don't try to be clever, which is why I find characters like this more effective than. And I still love the movie. It's still on the Amy Thomas and Top 100. Peter Keating in Dead Poet oh, Society. Sorry. He's got his poetry and he's elegant and he's slick and he's, you know, he's got his wit. He's got that Robin Williams humor off the top of his head. These guys are just like regular guys who happen to be extraordinary people and mean extraordinary things. Yeah. Who they speak softly, carry a big stick. What do you make of Sam Lyon dying off screen? Like we just come back and the pool hall is closed. And he finds out. And again, the thing that's so effective about this movie, which is why I also think it should have won best sound, is it's quiet. You hear the wind blowing through the streets and knocking the screen doors open and closed. So they come back. Their town's ex pretty much exactly the same. And they just walk up to that car and you see that guy's feet sticking out his car window. And they're yeah. like, oh, hey, Bill, or whatever. Yeah, the, the cop. And you're like, what Where's happened? Sam? And he's like, oh, he died. And it's just, it's so, it's such a splash of cold water. Yeah. Oh, I, I, was, I was genuinely shocked. I was like, what? No, they, uh, they can't kill Sam. I understand that Sam is, he's the, he's keeping, he's keeping the town together. He's keeping these kids together. He's keeping the, the spirit alive, giving them and a things, hope. And but, as much as things are already kind of going off the rails, they totally go off the rails. Oh yeah, Every, everything everything bad happens. Look, but that monologue really that he gives oh, is. I was about to ask about that. Like I texted you, great monologue, greatest monologue. I already used that joke. Come on, 
but yes, it's uh, it's a it's a fantastic monologue about um, growing old and youth Nostalgia. and remembering and the ravages of time and what it can do to you and how you. He says getting old is 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 ridiculous. Being a decrepit bag of bones. Yeah, it's uh, it's harsh. But um, uh, one one thing about this, on a slightly lighter note, what do you make of Sam Lyons' eighty percent happiness or miserable comment about marriage? That made me laugh. <laughs> I was like, "Wow." Yeah. It might be, it, you know what it might be accurate. I don't know because I feel the older I get, the more I realize how much we have no idea what's going on in other people's lives. That's true. Even the ones we hold so close. But I'm going to I'm going to, so I'm going to say and cuz I'm pretty sure my wife is not I'm happy. I'm I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm 100%. I am. I'm more content now than I've ever been, and I actually do mean that. So you know what? Maybe maybe we're just part of the we're part of the the twenty percent, general sort of twenty percent. But yeah, marriage is marriage is tough, and uh, yeah. Anyways, anyways, Jeff Bridges, man, I it's amazing how memorable Jeff Bridges' face is because like even when he's so much older and he's got the gruff and he's doing crazy hard, you're like, yeah, so. He just looks in that voice. He's got that voice. He's got I don't that know, voice. It's like this weird baritone voice thing that is just so. But it can memorable. also get. It's it can also strange. get high. It's it's hard to describe. It's not deep. It's it's just. It's him. He's still very boyish. You still see Twang. the boy. Oh yeah, and he's still he's still having a fun. He's still you know he's still the he will forever be the dude. If he weren't if he weren't Joanne, he'd be the he'd be he's just the dude. He's always the dude. Okay, but um, what do you make of uh, what do you make of his character? I like he's a jerk. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah, kind I, of, kind of. I, 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 I grew up with guys like this. So like, Everyone. on the one hand, every school has yes, them. I'm sure. Tell you, <laughs> the guys who are like him are awful. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but but he, but but here's the in the car after what they do to Billy, and then make and then making the jackass comment of, oh well, I guess I was glad I was asleep. Wait. I'd hate to be kicked out of the picture show. It's like, dude, you're an ass. She is. And I love Genevieve for saying that to Sonny. Yeah. When when she was like Dwayne was there, wasn't he? And he's like, oh, I I uh, maybe I don't. And she's like, he was, and he didn't take the blame because he's an ass. And she is every Genevieve is everybody's number. Oh yeah, Genevieve Genevieve that Genevieve that great number, that great character who just always seems to know what's up. And you're like, oh, the town needs a Genevieve. Now, and what's uh, great in the in the book is that Sonny is just as attracted to her as he is to J.C. Farrow. He's like, there's something so womanly and like sexy about her, and it yeah, describes right. like it describes like her sweat on like her waitress uniform. And just how he thought she was like, yeah, sexy. And that apparently JC knew it, which is why they never ate at the cafe. She always went to that other place. Wow. She was kind of intimidated by Genevieve and how sexy she was. Man. He really didn't hate it. It's, it's funny how we, we have this sense of, certainly nowadays, you know, supported by media and, uh, you know, politicians of the 50s as this perfect time things were great we just won the war we're like the economy's booming and how the last picture show takes a sledgehammer to that 
things aren't great. The economy is booming, sure, not everywhere. People aren't waiting until marriage to uh, to have sex. They're, and, they're and horny when out you of their minds. And when you are married, there's a lot of infidelity there's going so on. There's so much infidelity. People are bored. People are money hopeless. Solve, money will solve all your problems. Look at uh, Lois. Yeah. She's it's, not a happy woman. Yeah, she ain't a happy woman. She ain't a happy woman at all. It's I I I do appreciate that. Certainly now in these times, just looking at that, going like yeah, the fifties were just as fucked up as every other time. It's just that we were listening to doo-wop and a lot of older Hank Williams, not younger Hank. Which Williams. is why I like this movie better than the Nostalgia Fest. That is uh, American Graffiti. Oh yeah, that that is a which is big, a good movie. It's a good. No, it's a fine movie. But it's it fine, we'll, a very gosh gee, these great kids, you know. Yeah, getting into mischief with their cars and whatnot. It, oh, yeah, it's uh the there was this. We wanted to go back to the fifties after the uh, the Civil Rights Act, after everything that happened in the late sixties, and this was this is on the four. I think this was a. I like to believe this was an attempt to stave off that, to be like, no, 50s were, were bad, and we, should, we have to just keep moving forward. We can't just keep looking back. It's, this film is an anti-nostalgia film. Most films, you're like, oh, like you'd have somebody going, like, yeah, my hometown. Like, yeah, it was tough, but, man, I love it. And you're like, I just want money to get the fuck out of here. And you know he and he he does, but then he doesn't. And you're like it's, it's left left on this note of uh, this this ambiguous note. And you go, mm, good for you, movie. I am uh, you 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 don't come down on one side or the other. It's just like some places you don't think about. Some places you are just stuck in, and they will keep dragging you back. And there's no warm feelings there. It's just this is where you are. This is who you are. And sometimes you just got to accept that. And there's no villains. You know what I mean? No. As much as Sybil Shepherd is maddening, it's like you also feel sorry for her. It's like she's this beautiful girl. She she has a future ahead of her. And what the hell is she gonna do? It's stuck in this this parrot cage of a town that can't uh, can't contain her. Dwayne. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You wanna learn about monotony. Marry Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I bet Jeff Bridges is a barrel laughs. I would love to be married to that guy. I'd be uh, wouldn't that wouldn't that be great? Uh, Clor- we have to, we have to talk about Cloris Leachman, who uh, Ruth Popper. She's the wife of the coach, possibly gay coach. Uh, is that why? Is that is is that the unhappiness that comes? Because they never why they like hinted at like he slapped the Leachman. Cloris Leachman said that there was a scene or two that was cut from the movie okay. due to time that kind of insinuated that in the book he's definitely not really attracted to his wife, like when he sleeps with his wife maddening she starts like enjoying it and responding to it because she's been with sunny and so she's she's starting to kind of enjoy it and like make noises and stuff of enjoyment and he's totally like repulsed by that Uh, oh yeah because he thought she should be too tired from like working the fact that she was like a little frail woman like sickened him because his wife was his mother was this big strong hardy woman and that his wife was sick and frail and so when it seemed like she was starting to enjoy sex he was like stop it like just lay there and take it oh it's so so good um quick why was um why was ruth going to the clinic was that her like 
an abortion? Sort of, or you don't know. Do no, I, like, I, I don't. I don't. I think it was that. I think it was like psychosomatic. Like oh, okay, all right. Almost like hysteria. Yeah, they the never babies. really did it, but just yeah, like she's sad and she's okay. All right. I just I I, I didn't know if there was something I I, I had no I had no 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 no. no. It really it was just she just likes she needs the attention she needs the tenderness and back then like what were women supposed to do right I just, I was like i was just looking like she's just staying home all day jesus this is and it really deadening. pisses the push off that they get involved with with girls like he's pissed that Dwayne basically in the book like quits basketball to just hang out with jc and he's like those little bitches they just you know ruin young boys and stuff like oh there's some there's something there but uh but, yeah. But, um, Not over, but but there, and there's a there's a simmering tension there. Certainly, Leachman. Uh, in addition to uh, let's be let's be honest, beautiful. Uh, not but in a very, sure, in a very down to earth. Yeah, yeah. You have definitely 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 in a very appropriate for her character way. Yeah, appropriate for character, appropriate for age. Uh, I what when. At the at the end, Sonny has come back to her to like to grovel and to apologize. You know, Sonny Sonny's tried has tried to leave, but he has to he has to do this thing. And you see Ruth pouring tea, and her hand is shaking. And then just suddenly and you hear she just, it rattling. Yeah, it's rattling. It's all it's all nerves. And then she just throws it and lays into him like, "Why am I apologizing to you? I did nothing wrong. You were the." You were the scumbag. You were the shitty teenager that you are. And points out how shitty he was too. She's like, "Oh, just because your friend died, you would have left him too." And you're like, "Speak, speak it, it's like, it's like, And he doesn't say a word to her, which is what I think is so powerful, right? Because he it just was, shows they, a better door. Yeah, he just because they all they know what's being said. They know they know this conversation. It's, it's so, happening. He's got those sad eyes. Yeah, she has those sad eyes, but they become so mean. But then. And the, his eyes are just. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah, his his eyes. He's just like, yeah, I just. He's like, I deserve this. There's this sense of like every everybody in this town knows that they deserve this, and it's the worst because this town just takes and takes from them. But then um, Leachman, she she you know, uh, Sunny reaches out, and she takes oh, she takes up. his hand, and oh, it's collar. Yeah, and you go. This is. It's the tenderest moment. There's been a lot. There's been a lot of sex. There's been a lot of, um, you know, physical contact. But this is this is the only and moment. She's of trying intimacy. to talk, but she keeps having to stop to like catch her breath. Yeah, uh, I. This is it's um, definitely an award worthy performance. She very much deserved to win for this one. I I just I just I just love it. And 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 there's another moment. When they, Sonny has a, Sonny's going to meet up with Ruth and they have like a standing appointment. But JC, the little, little vixen, you know, knows that and like says, hey, why don't, you, like, Dwayne's gone. Why don't you and come ride with me? She does that is because she, right after she has sex with her mother's lover on right. the pool table, her mother's like, man, you know, Ruth or something about the, Something about how Ruth and Sonny, and Sonny were having an affair. And she's like, Sonny? What? Really? She's, she's 40. Yeah, like, oh, like it's so old to be 40. And Ellen Burstyn's like, so am I, honey. It's kind of an itch age. And I'm like, 
God, I love it. <laughs> she's such a badass in this movie. She gets some of the best lines in the movie. Yeah, she got that. And she's like, but he's always wanted to go with me. And all of a sudden, she's like, bam. Yeah, it's like, I'm going to, it's like, oh, and, and, and not, not only that, but there's a whole, like, you know, what, you know, like, talk to me when you're not, uh, when you're no longer a virgin thing from, um, Bobby Sheen, Bob from, from Bobby Sheen. So I think she has this like a little, she has little sex with him. Her, one of my favorite lines is after they do actually have sex. Uh, oh, first of all, and all the sex scenes, they're the most unerotic, unromantic, awkward. Oh yeah. I mean, She's sitting there all with, with her nightgown on all tensed and her eyes shut, like just do it. Like oh well, yeah, it's isn't it's that brutal. romantic. It's brutal, but and she's like, "Quick, prison! I don't even think you did it right, anyway." Yeah, it's like this is why we have the Proud Boys. This is why we have all this. Like, I like, oh, this is it's just it's just like terrible everything. Like everybody's terrible. Dwayne's terrible. Jason's terrible. Bed and Ruth starts crying. I was like, that's got to be awkward. Yeah, it's got to be. I'm 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 so, I'm so glad that she, but you know, it became uh it became an actual like intimate. Like they shared their feelings, but and she makes some cookies. Yeah, like oh, and gives them the wallet, and she just blossoms. Oh yeah, she 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 lights up. She lights up. She changes, and the, oh, that the scene where she, you know, Sunny and JC are out driving, and Ruth is wall. She's wallpapering the the room with blue, and then you know she's waiting, and then she's just in in her in her new dress. It's a beautiful dress, and she's just oh, sitting yes. there on the bed. And you just feel the sadness in her eyes while oh, Sonny's God. just blowing her off completely. I, I, for all the talk that the explosion at the end gets for her for her speech, I think that moment is really when I just fell in love with this character and was like, Leachman, you are amazing in this in this in, the, in this film. Uh, the film is called The Last Picture Show. What to, to what does that refer to for those who might not remember? Uh, the picture show's closing because Sam is dead and Miss Mosley's kind of crazy and yeah. doesn't know how to keep it going. So yeah. they're shutting it down. But it's the end of an era because the last picture show's right before Dwayne leaves for Korea. Yeah. It's right, it's, and they're it, not it's, really it's, friends anymore. Yeah, it's both a it's both an event and it's both um, both a uh, like a like a like a, a thing. Uh, it's, uh, you know, the last, Sam the Lion gifted the pool hall to Sonny in his will, and Miss Mosley took over the last picture show, and so with the last picture show closing, that's really Sam the Lion's influence has, it's kind of, it's almost, it's basically gone now. It's, it's more tenuous than it, than it was. And, uh, also, the movie theater was literally one of the only things to do in this town, and now there's... Besides having sex with cattle, I mean, come right? On. Yeah, or the going going to weird skinny dipping parties is fun with people with <laughs> two with that. people with two of the same <laughs> first names. I don't why you call your kid Annie Annie, but uh, the it's uh, it's just one it's one more sign to Sunny that said there's nothing left for me here, even though there is, there's Ruth and, and you know, we get that. And did you know, do you know the name of the movie that was playing? Are you really, you're asking me? I am, I am asking you Red so River. you can tell the audience. Red River. Okay. John Wayne rest, Western at the end, they are, they are going on their, their big cattle drive. They are everyone's hurrah and uh, they're eager. They're eager to face tomorrow. A great, 
juxtaposition and counterpoint to how nobody Everybody. really likes yeah. tomorrow in, in the town of Anarene. Um, so I, I, I the, the entire time I was wondering, I thought it, I kind of thought it would be like, but is this going to be about a movie theater, right? And like the and how the people come in and out of it, and it happens a little bit, but it's like so cinema much parody, so <laughs> like like a cinema parody, so. And uh, I'm glad it was not cinema parody, so I'm glad it was its own thing. Glad it was the last picture show, but uh, Hank Williams, you oh, you only because of this movie, only because of I this movie. Genuinely love the song. Why don't you love me like you used to do? And yeah. I love how it ends the movie. Oh, it's so good. It's it's I I I started when I was writing up my notes for this. I was like, I need to get the Hank Williams playlist going. Uh, sorry, sorry, folks down south. I am not the biggest. Um, I don't have the the best knowledge of Hank Williams, but he is very good. I listen to both him and, and Hank very Williams. very evocative. Yeah, it's like a great and the writer. Fact that. Like, Bogdanovich had the only music like playing through radios and jukeboxes and stuff like that. Such a good yeah. decision. Diegetic sound, yes. I have good. to say one quick little bit of trivia about the final scene with Ruth, though. Yes, please Apparently, do. We're coming to the end. She wanted to rehearse that scene. Bogdanovich would not let her, and so like that was her like first take cut print. That was the first take. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it needs to go in there because like for reals. Yeah. Come on. What happens to the, what happens to Sunny at the end? Not can, considering there are sequels that we have not seen or read. What happens to Sunny? How does how, how, how does this film end? They have some kind of understanding, because at the same time you know that it can't go on forever. Yeah. But I do love how shocked he is that everyone in town apparently knows about it, and he's Hold like. Down. God, does everybody? He actually says, "Does everybody know about it?" Because when Lois says to him, "You should have just, you should have gotten mixed up with my daughter. Like she's just gonna hurt you. You should have just stayed with uh, Ruth." And he's like, "How did you know that?" Like, oh, honey, we know. We but know. Ellen Burson's monologue about her relationship with Sam the Lion, I think, was extremely powerful. Yeah, it was great, uh, it, it, especially because because it, it referenced uh, Sam the Lion's monologue from earlier when he's talking about the girl he used to take out here to go swimming. Did you know that that's who we had been talking about? No, I did not. Because I, I just figured it was uh, just, it could have just been someone from the past. Movie about the past, so it could have just been anybody. But when you found out it was her, were you like, oh, I could totally see that. Yeah, I'm like, if Ellen, if, if Ellen Burstyn, 40-year-old Ellen Burstyn in the movie is like that, 20-year-old Ellen Burstyn, or 22-year-old, it's like, that's like, uh, yeah, I'd do that too. I would would all the time definitely she looked i mean she was very beautiful in that movie oh yes yes indeed but oh and, her, and my fa- i have to say this line too sorry i just I okay love all, right, all right so much. when she's at the dance with abeline and or abeline's there with another woman and she just goes right up to abeline and just kisses him on the mouth and he's like oh this is my boss's wife lois lois this is whoever and the girl goes i should just What'd she say? I should just slap your face. <laughs> and Lois just says, how about you just kiss my ass? And then literally just takes Abelene and dances away with him, leaving the woman standing there. I was like, one person. Like, you, like, you go, girl. You, 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 you get some. You get some. And then there was also some issues that, that the theme a little bit is that JC be, being in kind of competition with her mother. Because her mother yes. was like being squared around the dance floor and looked beautiful. This was not a, you know... 
an old 40 year old hag sitting in the corner no no this is yeah this um there was mother mother daughter tension they even uh they sleep they both sleep with abilene i think yeah yeah and it's like oh it's just just so weird how we sort of condemn we condemn the kids comes in thinking it's abilene because she hears the truck so she gets all excited and starts running and you see it and then she comes in and she's just like oh oh my god yeah yeah well, we are running low on time. So, of course, the question we ask is, did the last picture show deserve to win Best Picture over eventual winner, The French Connection? Amy? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Okay. I am going to say that, yes, I'm not one hundred percent. French Connection is a very, very good movie. Uh, it is. It, it, it is. I would, I, I would definitely... I would continue to give Freakin the Oscar for directing. I think that is a brilliantly directed movie. Yes. Yes, I would. I would also Freakin would go on to direct far, far more, many, many, many other things. But the, the last picture show, I, 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 you know, if, if you have to pick, picking one or the other, you're not, you're not really losing out. Last picture show is an amazing showcase of, America, kind of not as we want it to be, but America as it is. I certainly understand a lot of Trump voters now and go, yeah, uh, this is this is what we are still dealing with in in this time. And so, uh, it, in terms of relevance, Last Picture Show wins out. French Connection is just a, like uh, like that is that is how you announce to the seventies. We are here. This is this is how we're doing it now. See, I disagree. I would also take it away from Friedkin and give it to Bogdanovich because this this movie's a masterpiece, and I'm gonna oh, watch yeah, it a hundred more times, and I'm gonna learn more things, and I'm gonna understand the characters better, and I'm gonna pick up on more nuances. Yeah, so I, I, I described it as I'll describe it as a kaleidoscope of feelings. It's just it's well acted, well done all the way through. No. And Universal. I'm from a small town in New Jersey, a suburb of New York City. And you know what? Our small town had all kinds of crazy shit like this going on that yeah. you don't realize at the time. But you look back and you're like, oh, wow, that was happening? Yeah, yeah. It's In the 90s. The, the universality of it is why this film endures and why it's part of all those of award, you know, best of lists, national film preservations, etc. So, but again, 1971, pretty good year for movies. The, the films that were nominated are all solid, solid works of cinema we talked about. We've talked about many of them. We will continue to talk about more of them in the, in the future. Uh, you have been listening to the Oscar Watch Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to voice your opinion on The Last Picture Show, write us an email at Podcast at gmail.com thank you so much for those of you who sent in your requests for a december movie uh you can still send them in now if you want but you know, we got it we got a list we it's pretty much final but if you feel inspired do send into that same email at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com and find us on facebook at oscarwatchpod amy where can folks find you a Thomas and Eleven on Twitter or on our Facebook page. We love the trivia that one of our readers yes, has been putting up it's on. It's been Facebook. a lot of fun. We need to we need to start posting. We need to start talking about that on here on the show. Next week on the podcast, we are going to catch the wave, the Czechoslovakian new wave that is with the <laughs> best foreign language winner from the sixties, 
closely watched Trains, a film I am looking forward to checking out mightily. I love me the foreign films. Amy, not so much, but you know, whatever. It's my show. I can do what I want. And until next time, we'll see you on the red carpet. I swear I'll change my ways. I just called to say I want you to come back home. I found your picture today. I swear I'll change my ways. I just called.